when you hitchhike, you meet, first of all, the people, you can already get a sense of their culture and their daily lives. And then when you hop into the next country, the bordering country, you can see that there's still like, you know, there are resemblances between the neighboring countries and then still a change as well. So it's like you gradually see cultures change, landscapes change. And um, I found it a very nice way of traveling and experiencing uh, our planet like this. Hi everyone, welcome to Tales of a Traveler podcast. I'm your host, Ibi Omotosho. My guests, Cynthia and Nico, are legit nomads and have been traveling together for six years now. I sometimes find it underwhelming to just arrive at a destination and can totally relate to the snippet from Cynthia where she expressed the joys of overland traveling, something she did with Nico as they moved from Ireland to Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia. Is this something that you guys feel too? I'd like to know, just hit me up on any of the social media handles for Tales of a Traveller. Just search T-O-A-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And um, yeah, just leave your comments on there and I'll definitely pick it up. Just before we shoot into the meaty bits, I need you listeners to do me a huge favour. Go follow Journal of Nomads on Instagram and also subscribe to their YouTube channel for inspiring travel content. Let's dive into the episode where Nico shares an incredible story of how he spends less than $4 a day. Oh, well, I have, a, I have an interesting story. I first arrived in, in Mexico and I, yeah. I barely had money. I was traveling on a really, really low budget. And by really low budget, I mean like maybe less than $4 a day. So I had my my tent and i was wondering how i would manage to travel around mexico on such a low budget because even though it's a country where things are relatively cheap and affordable uh, still four dollars a day wouldn't uh, let you go very far and i was hitchhiking on the side of the road and i met this group of young uh, mexican street performers who are also yeah. hitchhiking and they kind of took me under their wings and they taught me how to do all bunch of uh, juggling tricks and perform in the streets. And I, I ended up traveling with them all over Mexico for a long while, uh, performing in the streets with them. So even though at that moment I had no idea how I would manage to do it, there's always some kind of opportunity or something that presents itself that allows you to find a, a way to reach your goals so yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, well, yeah, I also have a few stories like that too. Um, the one that I'm now thinking of, it's actually the first time um, yeah. that it was actually, that taught me a great lesson. Uh, that was when I started, was my second year of traveling. And I was in Australia. I was really broke, <laughs> like barely had any money. Um, I, it's like a recurring team. Yeah, it's like a recurring team, right? And, I was um, going to say that. I also like um, back then I had as well a boyfriend and we just broke up. So I was also heartbroken and I had no Aww. idea where to go or what to do. And um, I decided to do um, workaway. So it's something like, you know, or you have like help aches or roofing. So I don't know if you know what's that, what that is. That's, for example, you go on a farm and you work a few hours a day in exchange for food and accommodation. So this way you can okay. save money yeah. as a traveler. Now, I ended up in this very remote place somewhere south in Australia with 
a woman that actually turned out to be a bit crazy. And I was <laughs> so isolated. And during the day, she expected me to work like more than eight hours. She treated me like as a, a, an, employ, uh, an employee, but I was not Wait, wait, wait. Paid. So she, was, she wanted you to work more than eight hours versus three the, hours that you're meant to ex- do. Exactly, exactly. Wow. And she was very harsh on me during the day. And in the evening, she drank a lot. So this woman had problems. And then suddenly, she, I was like her favorite and her sweetest. So she was really weird. And that gave me a very bad vibe. But then I was like, I kind of was stuck there because I didn't not have enough money to even get out. And then one day, <laughs> there's this German woman who passes by with her car. And she was also going to volunteer there. And she quickly saw that this was like a really unhealthy situation. So the day after, I like she's like, come on, we run out of here. So we actually like I said goodbye. I'm like, I'm done with this. Took my bags and I followed this. Uh, I joined this German woman further up north to in Australia. And even though I was broken, so on, I ended up in a, a small village called Ballingen in a hostel. Mm-hmm. And there things quickly changed. So there I found volunteering work. So the same thing, Halpix. So I could stay in the hostel for free and have my food. And very quickly, like um, I met people who offered me jobs. And actually at some point I was doing uh, two jobs. Like I worked as a gardener and as a baker, plus in the hostel. So things really got sorted out quickly. And um, it showed me that, you know, even though sometimes, you know, you think that you might think things are tough and so on, there's always something around the corner. Like, um, you know, you have to kind of accept the situation. And if one door closes, there's always another door that goes open. It's just about, like, believing in it that everything will pass. Will pass. Okay. So I love the way that you've ended that. So I was going to ask, what kept you going? What do you have or what do you guys both think about? So, for example, uh, to start with Nico, he was in a situation where he had, like, $4.00 per day so initially if you have like four dollars per day what is your plan how do you make four dollars work per day <laughs> like i'm sure <laughs> yeah, what can you do with four dollars a day i know mexico well i was in mexico city um in november so i know mexico can be cheap or relatively cheap versus life in london and it is you know like you could get by but you know, $4? Jeez. Uh, like, that's, that's a tough one. So, like, before you even started, like, performing, how did you, what was your mindset like? Well, I don't know if it's a naive trust or just, you know, uh, I, I just trusted really deeply that whatever would happen, I'd be okay. Um I, I was aiming at eventually either doing some volunteering or finding a job or, you know, just find a way to, to find a job on the spot. Um, not, not too long after that, actually, um, I got offered jobs in like these universities, private school, primary schools, because I had put a bunch of uh, small ads online saying that I could teach French uh, okay. that I could give French lessons. And then all these schools just started contacting me. So it's really, uh, I, I don't think that there's ever a point where you're completely stuck. There's always a way to to make your situation better, whatever your initial situation uh, may be. Yeah, and you say it's a naive trust. I wouldn't call it naive. 
I would just say it's trust. Like I, I always like out of experience, I know things will always work out. Like I have full faith in that. I once, I once left traveled to England with like 20 euros in my pocket. And that was all I had. And, <laughs> and, and uh, with 20 euros. <laughs> yes. And, and I have to say, I was really like, it is scary though, to be in such a situation. It is scary. And at the same time, like Nico say, like Nico said, you know, you there's something inside of you that just knows it will be fine and it will turn out well. And it did as well in England for me, but like I quickly found a volunteering job and a paid job too. But it's just like a certain knowing inside of you, just having faith. Like even in this current situation that we're all in worldwide, I will, I know that somehow it will pass and somehow it will all be okay, no matter how it will yeah. turn out. So even though you have that belief or even though you guys have that belief, on one hand, Nico was quite fortunate that behind the scenes, he'd applied to jobs. Maybe for you as well, Cynthia, behind the scenes, you maybe applied to jobs, but those jobs don't necessarily contact you guys immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you apply today and then tomorrow or a few hours later, they're going to contact you and they're going to be like, oh, come, come now to start working and we're going to pay you on that same day. Um, you guys kind of had to do other things to keep busy, for example. Um, and why do you choose to put yourself in that situation? Because like, <laughs> you know, many people will be like, well, damn, why, why, why are you in that situation? <laughs> why do you just like plan to have somebody for like a month or a week or something and then hope that things will work out eventually because well, really, really quit is nothing <laughs> yeah yeah it's nothing I, I must say that when i first started traveling many years ago i found it really really exciting to to travel on a super low budget and sometimes completely run out of money and, push and then a bit. yeah push See myself to are. find yeah. like a situation or, or a way to to start getting funds again I, yeah. I was just totally in love with doing that all the time, you know, see how long I could push my fonts for and then see if I could get back up on my feet. <laughs> and I always did. So, yeah, you just you become really it's it's fun to live life a bit more uh, on the edge or at least. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but we became a lot more calmer now. Like we wouldn't put ourselves into the situation. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you're saying that. I'm glad you're <laughs> admitting that. <laughs> but it's like, um, I'm actually thinking of another example. Um, it's like when the time when we, for example, were hitchhiking in Northern Italy and uh, our hitchhiking went really, like it was very, very difficult there. And for a whole week, you know, we had a lot like, Things didn't really flow for us. So when we eventually ended in Venice, you know, and we were a bit down and so on and like eh, not really enjoying our time. And then we met this guy who gave us a free gondola ride around the city for like, you know, two, three hours. It made it such a positive experience again that, you know, even though you feel like eh, things are not working and what's going on and this is not fun, that suddenly the kindness of a person like it can change so much again, you know, that, that it yeah. can like suddenly turn around so fast. So I found that that day as well, like such a beautiful lesson again to learn. 
that I I remember when you first told me that story and you've just brought my mind back to hearing it. And I felt the same thing right now that I felt when you told me um, initially. And that is so nice of that guy because like a gondola ride, I believe is like 150 euros. Mm -hmm. At least, at least. Yeah, at least. For, and he might even pack or they might pack other people on there. But he was kind enough to just shed or offer that to just the both of you. Yeah, and, and we didn't even ask. I was just like taking a photo of this guy when he came there by his boat and he was like, hey, jump on. Uh, how much? Oh, for free. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and the coolest part. Like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Luca. He also showed us how to row the gondola. Yes. There's, a, there's actually a technique. So for a while, it was us taking turn rowing the gondola, and he was sitting, and he was like, great job, guys. <laughs> yeah. They were like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> okay, so how many jobs or crazy-ass jobs have you guys done? Because you, on one hand, you could be a gondola driver right now you can put that on your cv if you wanted to <laughs> like roofing like cynthia mentioned juggler <laughs> like how many of these crazy ass occupations have you guys done combined i don't know oh, man, the more list than 20 would be so so long more than 20 jobs at least yeah okay I what are the craziest ones outside of what we've mentioned so I, uh, at one point I was living in Tangier in Morocco and I was also yeah. uh, just giving like private English lessons and I was living in a small apartment in the old city and um, I was living with an American friend of mine and we got approached by the owner of the top restaurant in the city because he had heard that these two foreigners who spoke a whole bunch of languages were in Tangier and so he, uh, he appointed me to become manager of his restaurant. It's like the number one restaurant in Tangier, in Morocco. Whoa. That yeah. is sick. That is sick. One, how did he hear about you guys? Um, or was it just you? Or did he offer that job to you and the guy from America that you were sharing that apartment with? So my, my American friend ended up kind of uh, semi-managing his uh, Riyadh, his, ho his hotel as well. Yeah. So I was kind of the manager of the restaurant and my friend was working in the Riyadh. The Riyadh. So why do you think he chose you guys versus maybe locals to be the managers of those establishments? Uh, he just really liked her vibe. He was kind of like this... Um, he, he used to be uh, a reporter before yeah. he became an entrepreneur and he would travel all around the world and write good articles in this uh, newspaper that he had started in Paris. Mm -hmm. So he was really impressed just by, by her stories and what we had done. And uh, that's how he eventually decided to give us uh, these jobs. I think, you know typical way to go around is go look for a job then you have a job interview and you talk about your skills and such and a lot of these weird crazy jobs that i got throughout my years of traveling they came to me somehow just because i shared my stories or i talked about the different things that i had done and then people were like oh well you could work in my restaurant or you could 
you know, manage my staff in like this, this school. So and that's how I ended up uh, managing a small orphanage in uh, Guatemala City in Guatemala. What was that like? What was that? I feel like we're jumping and I apologize in advance to also the listeners right now because there's so much and we could just like <laughs> we can stay in one place to be like, okay, we've moved from Morocco. We're now in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been, how did you get, first of all, how did you get to Guatemala or what were you doing in Guatemala before oh. we talk about orphanage? So that was, um, that was after traveling through Mexico, I decided to continue south and I was traveling with a friend of mine and we both went through Guatemala and, um, I had heard about this orphanage. So I ended up volunteering there for a while and uh, my friend continued south and then I just kind of became the manager of the place, um, Let's compare this job to my job of being the manager of, uh, of the restaurant in Morocco. In Morocco, um, I didn't speak Moroccan Arabic at that point. All the yeah. staff were like young Moroccans, 18, 19 years old with a lot of testosterone. So they were, they were always like clashing with me, right? Yeah. Uh, um, while in that orphanage, it was just like, all the kids and a few uh, staff members and, and me. So it was a totally, totally different uh, experience. Um, I, I stayed in contact with a lot of these uh, kids that were there. They're now young adults yeah. because that was like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm still in contact with a lot of them. And it's really cool to see how their lives have evolved and where they are now. Where are they now? Where are some of them? Well, what are they so, doing? Like, did they manage to, yeah, you know, when you have that kind of difficult upbringing, it's not so easy. It's, it's definitely not easy, but I think it gives you a certain edge uh, in life, you know? Yeah. You're, you're already a bit tougher than most people, you're already a bit more uh, resourceful. Mm-hmm. So, so I know one of them now has a, a restaurant in California. Jeez. Yeah, from a wow. orphan boy in Guatemala, in Guatemala to, to a restaurant owner in California. I want you to please, it might be difficult to get that name of that restaurant. I've never been to the U.S., but if I ever go to the U.S., send me the name of that restaurant in California and I'm going. <laughs> totally, and I'm even definitely. Say, I know you. I know you. Maybe I'll get the discount or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but it's fine. If he doesn't give me a discount, it's okay. I, I still want to go there to be like shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, knowing the history behind the place is, is really special. Yeah. And Cynthia, for you, what kind of, you know, you've done some crazy jobs as well. So, <laughs> um, can you mention some of the ones and where you were doing those roles? Yeah, well, I think the craziest job that probably not many people would do is uh, be a nude model for t- for artists. <laughs> oh, That's, uh, okay. Yes. 
Uh, that's something I did for a little while in the Blue Mountains in Australia. And it cool. earned me very good money. And all I had to do is just like sit naked in front of people and they would paint me. So it's like an easy job. I just couldn't yeah. move for a few hours. Um, wait, wait, wait. And- so how many hours a day? And was it every day for like, you know, five days a week? Uh, no, that depended. It was usually in the weekends or in the evenings. And uh, like one session was about three hours. So it was like yeah. three hours that I couldn't move. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> that first experience when you first sat there naked? Yeah. But, staring at you? Well, I, I did it before a little while uh, in uh, Belgium as well. So that's how I actually funded my first part of the trip. And I just, still remember the very first time is awkward <laughs> it's very awkward <laughs> but after that you just kind of get used to it um it gives you self-confidence as well plus um i kind of just like the whole artistic vibe of of everybody there like you know the, the way that people look at you is in an aesthetic way and um, it's also pretty cool to see how people then see you and how they draw, draw you. you or paint you yeah. some of them gave me like really big boobs while well, i don't have those so it was <laughs> funny to see <laughs> <laughs> do you have photos of this drawing <laughs> well, no <laughs> <laughs> They're not for public. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So I would say yeah, that was my uh, craziest job, probably. And then one of my favorite jobs was uh, working on a sheep farm in New Zealand, where yeah. I worked during the land season. So, which is very intense. That's like from 7 a.m. till 5, 6 p.m. every day. Yeah. So actually for a few weeks in a row without actually uh, a day off. Um, So you're constantly outside. You have to take care of those little lambs getting born. Like I even had to pull sometimes lambs outside the sheep when they're having problems with birth. I still remember inside the sheep. Yeah. And I actually had one time an experience that, you know, there was like a lamb struggling and I kind of pulled it and it only came partially out like i did not know that the lamb had died yeah that was a (laughs) bit of a bad experience (laughs) yeah the mom passed away basically before the baby or no the mom was still struggling so both the mom and the baby like yeah didn't survive of course so um Yeah, but aside from that, it was actually a really fun job. I love being outside. It made me physical very fit as well. Um, it made me tough because, yeah, you have to deal with a lot of blood and poo and pee. and But I also have to deal I with imagine. cute little lambs. So. Of course, of course. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode with Cynthia and Nika from Journal of Nomads. If you haven't followed their Instagram yet, make sure you do that. Just type Journal of Nomads on your Instagram and please, please, please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. It's honestly become one of my favorite channels. If you've got any love left and you'd like to send some my way, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Um, I'm accepting them right now in ratings and review. I believe you can only leave them on Apple Podcasts for the time being. So please, please drop it on there. If you have an iPhone, iPad or any Apple product that features Apple Podcasts. And until next time, peace.